Hello and welcome to Wellbeing World, the podcast, brought to you by the University of Lincoln Student Wellbeing Centre. Today's episode is all about looking after others. My name's Hayley and I'm going to be your host today and I'm joined by Verity and Megan. Hi guys! Hello! Hello! So today we're going to be looking at um, how we look after others, what this means, how you might be able to do this, and also looking at the importance of doing it in a way that does not impact on your you um, as you do that. We'll also be touching upon Carers Week and talking to our lovely wellbeing advisor, Beck. So friends, flatmates or partners are always um, the first person that we might talk to when we're having a difficult time. This friendship can play a key role in helping someone live or recover from difficulties they are facing. We know that providing support isn't always easy and it'd be hard to know where to start. So where do you guys think it would be best how to start these conversations if you're a bit worried about a friend? I think starting it can often be difficult, can't it? But if you can, if you can choose your moment, carefully I would think um you know think about where you are because the people might be worried about sharing things um into you know too much of an open space so choosing somewhere quiet somewhere where you think you you're not going to be interrupted because you need to be able to have a you know relaxed conversation with somebody because that's the best way to help them feel like they can open up I suppose um particularly if they've not mentioned anything before and you just have some feeling that there's something that they want to talk about and I guess you need to make that as you know, as comfortable for them as possible and making sure you've got enough time as well because the last thing you need is for somebody, you know, for them to be like, well, I've got to go somewhere now. <laughs> you know, I'm busy. Yeah. Um, so making sure that, you know, I say picking the right moment and making sure you've both got enough time to sit down and have a, you know, a dedicated conversation. Yeah, not rushed, it, just going yeah. out of the door, make sure you've actually got some dedicated time to have that chat if that person is willing to talk to you. Yeah, and they might not be. So it's, I guess it's feeling, you know, being able to read them as well um, and understanding from their point of view is this the right time and if it isn't then you know trying to think about is there another occasion that you can broach those conversations with them I suppose um and not and not knowing you might not know the right thing to say I suppose as well you might worry about saying the wrong thing or um you know not saying the right thing I suppose um and get some people just want to talk I suppose as well it's not always about giving advice necessarily um, some people just want to get things off their chest and just listening is enough as well, I think, sometimes. And what about sort of after the conversation, Verity? What do you think, once you've had that chat with somebody, it's not always about giving the advice, as Megan's just said, so what would you sort of recommend to our students? Yeah, I think sometimes it's about just making sure that after that conversation's done, it's not just, you know, you you pack up and leave. Actually, sometimes after they've kind of released some of that emotion, it's about being there for them in the time afterwards. So spending some time together as friends and maybe doing things you like doing together, you know, watching a programme or going for a walk and just kind of giving them that space to to process what they've kind of talked to you about if they're um, upset with it and things like that. Um, so I suppose like kind of just giving them the option of what would they like to do and what would they kind of want to do with that time and having that... Um, situation to feel safe and things like that so it can be really difficult you know for them to think oh I, you know this will make me feel better so often you as a friend you might think oh I know that they like to go for a walk or I know they like you know going to the pub and it's about thinking oh maybe that will make them feel better and maybe suggesting that um yeah just kind knowing of your audience yeah. yeah and not being put off as well isn't it if they say yeah. no once or twice you know yeah. keep keep asking it might just be that 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 point is not mm. the right time for them but um, and not being put off and making sure you include them, I suppose. Yeah, and sort of not just leaving them to... That'd be the only time they're able to open up yeah. and chat, you know, maybe broach the subject again, maybe the following week. Um, and even if the friend seems hesitant, I think like Verity said, you know, 
is that okay if they're not sure what they want to do but just keep inviting them out yeah. so they do feel included um within the friendship group i think um should we talk a little bit about the benefits of caring for others and how that makes us feel then um obviously we've sort of said that friends are often our, our first call when we're feeling down or partners flatmates sometimes even strangers so what are the benefits of caring for others would you guys think i think at university is um often find i think that students talk to their friends because they're not comfortable talking to family members maybe um and you know at university you've got a lot of friends around you so chances mm-hmm. are they, they probably would be your first port of call um and you know it's it's just nice isn't it to, to help others and it just makes you feel good um if you can help somebody work through a problem um and you know help them or just like i said earlier just listening sometimes mm-hmm. you know there's, there's a lot of talk about isn't isn't there about just sitting and letting somebody just be or sometimes just sitting in silence you know if somebody's really upset sometimes you just need somebody there mm. um and it can make you feel really good and make you feel like you've achieved something and you know and I, th- I would have thought that most people don't do it for those reasons but do it because they want to they just naturally want to help um i guess feeling good about it is, is a bonus mm. yeah i think a lot of the time like you say that's not why you do it but actually sometimes recognizing that those benefits are there and might help you feel like that's something you feel more confident confident doing because although like you say that's not the reason having those benefits can make you feel better about having a difficult conversation and and potentially you know kind of broaching difficult subjects so i think it's about you know recognizing that actually that's a really positive use of your friendship and your time and being that support network for someone actually is a really positive thing to do with your time and it helps you well can help you i think build those connections with other people as well um, and skills as well around yeah. sort of building those how to be empathize with people especially if you're a student who's studying a course that maybe that's something you might need within your placements mm-hmm. or something like that um yeah so i think there's lots of benefits to looking after others you might be listening to this podcast and thinking that you don't have any friends that necessarily need all of that um support but there are you know other ways of looking after others and particularly strangers um, people that you don't know well, um, you can engage in random acts of kindness. And I think, Verity, you wanted to talk about some examples of how to do this. Yeah, I think a lot of the time when people hear random acts of kindness, they think they need money for it. They need to, you know, buy things or, or have that kind of um, money to, to do those things. But actually, lots of them you can do for free and do, you know, to anyone. So like giving an unexpected compliment, complimenting on you know someone on on something about them or um a piece of their clothing or whatever and kind of in that you can do that in a very natural setting you know within a shop or you know in university buildings things like that um other examples are sort of letting someone go in front of you in a queue you know if you're not in a rush letting someone go in front of you might not be you know a massive thing to you but actually to them they might take that as mm. something really kind and really remember that for the rest mm. of the day there's loads of things you can do isn't it yeah. involve money you know yeah. money and and giving things to people or buying mm. things there's so many things um yeah. you know we um we were in a shop the other day and there was a uh, a little a lady and she was really struggling with her basket she had so much she had so much <laughs> in her basket um so well, it was with the children and it would just let her come you know come in front of us in the queue yeah. because she was and there was because obviously now there tends to be more queues isn't there mm. so i think people who might find that more difficult yeah um and the queue was really big so we just and she was so grateful and mm. it's it's just little things and it yeah, really that could make a huge difference. Can, yeah, yeah, to someone's yeah. day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, brighten their day. I think with the pandemic and the lockdown, that really brought 
this random acts of so, kindness yeah. and that's something I always saw it on the news and I live in a little village and there was you know on the Facebook group yeah. of our village people were saying does anyone need anything do any of the elderly yeah. need this who yeah. wants their medications collecting just random people helping people they don't even know but it just makes such a huge difference it's so nice to see like when you think oh communities can still come together and how many mm. times do you hold a door open for somebody mm. and so there's probably lots of things yeah that you might consider random acts of kindness that you do day to day you just don't recognize it yeah. so it's good to talk about them isn't it and actually when you do them next time hopefully you might think oh that's good i did that today yeah obviously yeah. there are somewhere you can use money if that's something mm. that you want to do. So things like buying a, a meal or a drink for someone in need or someone, you know, they've forgotten their purse, whatever, and kind of, or buying some extra um, groceries when you're shopping or donating them, you know, to a food bank or when they have like the trolleys at the end mm. of the, the aisles and stuff where you can donate. So there are obviously ones where if you want to kind of um, give a little bit of the money that you have, then obviously that's an option, but it's about kind of remembering that that's not the the only way you can mm. go about it you can do little things that like you say Megan to you might be something you do every day but actually to someone else that might make a, a big difference in in the way they feel about their day just make them feel a little bit better if you are concerned about a friend that you've been chatting to um it's really important to remember those boundaries and passing it on to the right service so obviously for students at the university of lincoln we've got our drop-in that runs monday to friday 12 until 2 and then during term time we have late night drop-in as well so if you're in um, classes or whatever you can come at five till seven and we also have our online triage form as well and i don't know about you guys but in drop-in we do get a lot of people and on triage actually who are worried about a friend mm. um so what sort of things do you think we would speak to students about um if that if that is what they came to drop in for yeah i agree it's a thing that we see students for a lot so there are we have developed resources and things specifically for worried about a friend with numbers and um resources and things obviously lots of things that we would recommend to someone struggling themselves we'd also recommend to someone who's struggling with a friend because obviously it might be that they pass that on to the friend because the friend doesn't feel that comfortable talking about it mm. or just having that in the back of their mind if their friend's really struggling to say, why not have a look at this resource or why not call this number is quite useful. So we do have a specific leaflet that is called worried about a friend with numbers and things like that. And so that's quite a, um, a useful resource that we often would recommend. So like, like you say, if you are worried and it's sort of impacting on you or you're worried about how, how they're managing, you know, get in contact with us, whether that's through the, the triage um, form on our website or through drop-in because there is support that we can put in place mm. for you and for them. And when, when you've got, at university, when you've got this many students or, you know, sharing accommodation and um, building relationships with each other and things mm. like that, it's, it's going to happen. You are going to have um, students who are worried about others. Yeah. Um, so like you say, it's important that people know wh where the resources are and that they are there to access if they, if they need anything. Yeah. I think as well with the triage form, if you don't feel like you need a full drop-in um, mm. to talk about why you're worried about a friend, but you just want us to reach out, the triage form is so easy, isn't it? It's on, yeah. on the website, yeah. um, and it's just such an easy way for us to contact um, the student in, in question so that yeah. we can make sure that they're okay. Um, obviously, we've also got Healthy Relationships Workshop, which is part of our online skills um, workshops, which, again... Um, that student would need to come through a drop-in and speak to an advisor about that. Um, I suppose with that as well, it might be that you want to, with the healthy relationships and managing those, it might be that you want to learn how to have those difficult mm. conversations. You want to learn how to have that in a positive way. And actually stuff like that, you know, that student might benefit from it, but you might also benefit from kind of um, how to develop those healthy relationships, especially if you're coming to uni and you don't feel like you've always 
found making friends that easy, things like that, it can be really helpful for developing those healthy relationships. Yeah, and I think we've got um, the SU do some training as well, don't they? Um, yeah. Around yeah. looking after your mate training. Yeah, so the SU run the uh, look after your mate training, which I was going to say earlier actually shows how needed it is actually if the student union are putting on training yeah. specifically mm. for this then that does show um, that it's really needed so it is about empowering students to support friends who are experiencing any kind of mental health difficulty um, whilst looking after their own well-being which yeah. is obviously what we're talking about um, and students who attended those workshops reported on average a 33% increase in their skills to support a friend experiencing mental health difficulties which is really it's really, good. really good and because actually those people might have had no experience of, of that before at all yeah. so that's really really positive um, and a 38% increase in their confidence to signpost a friend to further support um, because what like we were saying right back at the beginning you might be talking to them you might be offering advice but mm. actually it might just be why don't you access this support this mm. is available making it's about the aware. student yeah, yeah. exactly what I was about to say yeah. making them aware of what's out there yeah because yeah, they put, might not have direction. any idea and if you mm. just point them in that next direction they might or in that next step they might be like yep yeah, that's exactly what I needed yeah. and then they don't need to kind of rely on you as much yeah and 95% found the workshop useful or very useful, which is massive, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's practically everybody. So, mm. um, yeah, again, I think it shows that it's really needed and um, is a really excellent opportunity for those who might, you know, worry about um, being able to support others and looking after themselves at the same time. And like yeah. you said, actually, that you know, we see that through drop-in mm. as well. And part of our role is, is supporting the the person not only the person who they're concerned about but making sure but that they're okay themselves. as well yeah, yeah absolutely and I think if you know there's also things to think about so it might not be that the students struggle with their mental health it might be that they're really upset because they're struggling academically mm. so it's quite important to remember they can speak to their personal tutor mm. reach out to someone within their school obviously the library um I know in our last podcast we had a, a Q and A with the library about what resources they offer um, there so always you know there's always going to be someone to support you with whatever the problem might be so yeah just sort of familiarize yourself with what's available so that you can signpost the student on and you're not taking it all on upon yourself Yeah, because a lot of the time it might actually be something that you don't know that much about mm. so for example they might be worried about their finances and that's not necessarily something that you're going to be aware of but knowing that the student support and the advice service can support with that obviously helps you to then go why don't you talk to them mm. you know i can walk you over there or we can call them together it might just mean that they actually reach out and just access the right support. Because yeah. like you say, student support can help with quite a lot of things. Bullying, mm. harassment, finances. As we mentioned, the Look After Your Mate training by the SU, we now have Danielle uh, doing a Q&A with a member of staff from there to tell you a little bit more about it. Hi, thanks for joining me to talk about the Look After Your Mate training um, delivered at the SU. Um, can you give me a bit of an overview of the training content? Yeah, sure. So the Look After Your Mate training um, is a workshop for students who are basically looking to support their friend or their peers or someone on their sports team or someone on their course mm -hmm. um, who might be struggling with their mental health. Um, it's important that it's stressed that we don't diagnose people, but it just enables um, students to be able to signpost to support but also as well um, there's a focus on your own mental health so setting boundaries for yourself um, mm -hmm. and so that you can provide support but not struggle yeah. with burnout yourself because it's kind of that's really all well important, looking after someone else but you also need to be able to look after yourself yeah. as well yeah no that's really good definitely an important thing to stress that 
whilst it's nice and you want to care for your friends, like not to take too much of it on your own shoulders and things, yeah. Um, so what would you say the benefits are for students to get involved with the training? I think it depends from, you know, I guess if we've got members of sports and societies, for them it might be their priority is supporting those members. But for any student really, you know, we've all seen the statistics, mm. we're more than likely going to know someone who's struggling with mental health problems. So mm. any student who wants to sort of gain awareness of how they might handle those conversations, um, insight into the support that's available, not just at the University of Lincoln specifically, um, but there's also tools and resources sort of nationwide as well. Yeah. Um, so the skills that you pick up are very transferable and we know how important it is. And one of the statistics in the training um, is that from a study in 2014, it said that 75% of student respondents who had experienced mental health difficulties had chosen to disclose that to another student. Oh, okay. So um, really that emphasis on like peer-to-peer -peer support is really Yeah, it's important. a high number, isn't it? Definitely. It just shows you how much they actually talk amongst themselves. Absolutely. So. so if you can be that person that just yeah. sends them in the right direction, then um, that's basically what the course is for. Yeah. So do they get like any kind of not like a qualification or is that kind of what they get or you get a certificate at the end of the course oh, okay. so you you know you get that in a sense you get an official certificate um, and we recognize it as well at the SU so we have a badges system across our sports and societies mm -hmm. so if a particular sports team or a society shows like a dedication to this training and gets a few of their members signed mm -hmm. up then they get a sort of um they get a badge for that as well oh, so cool. it's both personal but also yeah. it's for the benefit of a group as yeah, well. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. I guess in some ways it's a little bit of an incentive as well, Definitely. isn't it? To yeah, do it. for any interested students signing up who might be a bit nervous, mm -hmm. um, I suppose seeing that on, on the web page before they sign up might kind of reassure them that yeah. the people they're going to be sort of training with or going to events with, um, you know, they're aware of mental health yeah. and the importance of it. Yeah, and no, I think that's really good. So, um, kind of how is it working at the moment? Do you have any training going on currently if so is it face-to-face -face online or is it something that's going to come back next academic year so so far it's been online um just over microsoft teams so we've sort of adapted it um to that the next lot of sessions that will be returning in the next academic year um can't really say for certain at the moment whether they'll be online or face-to-face all being well because the workshops take place in groups of around 10 okay. and not massive groups so hopefully we'll be able to get some face-to-face -face sessions yeah. in um, but the easiest way to sort of keep in the loop with what's available is the events page on our website. So if students go to events and then they can select training, mm -hmm. that's where all of the current dates for this training and anything oh, okay. else they might be interested in. Yeah. Um, so hopefully face-to-face because -face, yeah, you get more of nice. that. You can sort of have, it's easier to have discussions about case studies and stuff. Yeah, you so. take more away from it and it's easier to get involved when you're face-to-face -face rather yeah. than on teams absolutely it feels yeah. a lot more personal <laughs> um so who can attend is it just for anyone? Uh, yeah open to all students um like i said in the past we've encouraged them from like certain groups to come forward to complete the training but it's open to any student um who's interested and it is free as well so there's no cost to oh, it oh good yeah i was so, gonna ask yeah that. does it cost anything <laughs> students just are probably want gonna want to know want it to be as accessible as possible yeah. so um yeah no cost um and any, yeah, any student at Lincoln that wants to sign up can.
can do it that way. Fab. Um, so do they just email you or contact you through social media? What's the best way for someone to sign up to it if they want to? Probably the best way to do it would be to keep an eye on that events page because um, any upcoming, upcoming training is posted on there. Um, but, you know, we're always mm-hmm. reachable on social media. Yeah. Um, and if there's something that students want to feedback in relation to look after your mate training or anything really you know we are active on social media so any suggestions of anything else that we could put on or any other training that we could provide but anything that we've got booked in will be on that um on the events page okay and just something that i've just thought of now so if they're looking on the events page and they can sign up through there imagine you've got like a button or something that they press does it kind of is it quite popular do you think like if someone's interested in it to keep an eye out and do places get filled up quickly or drop for more than one yeah it varies i mean we run we will be running you know recently we did two a week so what we do is we tend to gauge interest and then we're able to put more on if we need to because obviously 10 is not a massive amount of people that you can have in a group so it will depend really probably on the amount of uptake we get initially at the start of the next academic year but you know if they are filling up then we will look to mm-hmm. expand what the program um, yeah. because we want as many students to be able to do it as possible yeah. so I think at the start of the next academic year just start keeping an eye on the events page because mm-hmm. that's when we'll start putting stuff on yeah. online yeah and that's like it's probably something as well that we'll be able to promote on our social Absolutely, media yeah we can, we can let you know shared. when we've got dates booked in yeah um, i can send those over to you as well so we can yeah. make sure everyone knows yeah no that's really great yeah thank you very much that's really helpful and hopefully it will be um insightful for any students that listen to it <laughs> I think it would be a good time to also speak about students who have to care for others, looking at things like teaching, medicine, any health and social care course, such as nursing, paramedic science, social work, because they have obviously chosen uh, a course where they show empathy. And that's fantastic. And we need to recognise how positive that is. Mm -hmm. But also, I think we need to also talk a little bit about that that can actually be quite challenging um, when you are on placement um, and, you know, leaving that behind when you go back. So what sort of things do you think you kind of face on placement, Verity? Yeah, I think it can be difficult for, for example, nursing students or or, um, when they go out on placement in a school or social work, things like that, because you've chosen that course because that's the kind of person you are. You are empathetic and you care for others. But at times, like you say, it can get too much and it's about um, kind of finding your own ways of managing that and and recognising that that's really normal to feel like you need to take some time to care for yourself and have some time for yourself you know after you've been caring for others all day or for a long shift things like that so I think um, one thing that we often kind of recommend to um, student nurses student doctors things like that is that they use that journey home from their placement or you know when they drive home Mm -hmm. um, as a bit of a debrief so kind of having that time to process what they've thought of in the day and things that might have impacted on them Um, because often you can go home and kind of keep thinking about it so it's taking that time to let yourself just process Um, and obviously using support networks around you there are because um, those schools are aware that that is a difficult thing to be out on placement and caring for others there are support networks so obviously on placement you'll have a mentor and they have placement coordinating teams support within you know the workplace and also your peers other Mm -hmm. other students who are on your course they'll be feeling exactly the same so it's about being open and kind of talking about 
those difficulties that you're having as well as the like you say the positives of you're doing such a wonderful thing and you're supporting other people but talking about some of those difficult things as well to kind of normalize that I think I think those skills you take into the workplace as well and I know in our job we all lean on each other on occasions don't we um because yeah I suppose if you're developing like you know it's important to develop those skills like you said but if you're caring for people all day and it ultimately that's what they want to do as a profession so it is important to work out how you manage that and what works for you and what Mm -hmm. doesn't work for you and sometimes I suppose you need a bit of help figuring that out which is where you know I guess um, services such as a student wellbeing centre and support from placement coordinators or mentors and things like that come come into play I suppose. Yeah I think it's really important Um, and a word that you hear a lot around in hospitals and things like that is about burnout and that kind of where you've cared for, for people for so long and that it's beginning to impact on on how you feel and your mental health. So I think it's about recognising that early on and going, actually, I need some support with this. And there are those, like you say, those networks that are available. So often things that we would um, chat to, to students that they're struggling with in that sort of way about the support that's available in your school, obviously. They have tutorials and things like that they can support you with. Clinical supervisions as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then also we have some some um, resources that we've developed because we've kind of recognised that this is the thing that people struggle with. So um, we have some guides on uh, managing anxiety in the workplace. Um, we have guides specific for uh, student nurses, things like mm-hmm. that. So if that's something you feel would be useful, obviously get in touch with us. Um, And we do also have the resilience workshop, so around kind of managing difficult situations, difficult emotions, ways of processing that and kind of developing those skills. And I think as well, when you're looking after others, it's about self-care and making sure you do look after you. We've got a really good self-care guide as well. And also making sure that you have um, a handle on the stress around it as well, because you're working in a in a workplace you've also got work to do for uni course yeah you've also got the stresses of everyday life so um maybe sort of going back on our previous podcast and listening to our stressless uh, monthly podcast as well because that gives lots of information we also have students that might have other commitments um, where they're having to look after others as well as doing their university work so some may have jobs um children students who might have to look after parents or siblings grandparents um, and that can definitely have an impact on their well-being um, and university life. So Megan, do you want to talk to, talk to us a little bit about the impact that that may have? Yeah, I think, um, you know, through the work that we do, we often meet not just mature students, but any student who's got some sort of caring responsibility, like you say, whether that's children or, um, you know, other extended family members. And I always think it's, a, it, I'm always amazed at how people manage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got, a family I've got two relatively small children and it's you know I, I often think it's in terms of things like you know organization just managing to to organize your time and keep your stress levels down it must be a real challenge so mm-hmm. you know having to you know presumably people who have particularly young children maybe have to do their work and things in the evening you know yeah. so you know linking back to self-care when do they get when do you get time to to look after yourself and do you know do things for yourself and make sure that you're okay when you've got um those caring commitments in place so i think Mm. they end up juggling a lot Mm. i think and that we have to recognize that and make sure that you know as services and as a university that we're offering as much support as we possibly can to try and um you know capture those students who need that extra support um you know it's not just about your time as well is it so that obviously there's going to be a massive impact on your time but um 
you know, there might be financial difficulties as well that they're having to deal with. There's mm -hmm. lots of things that come with um, having those sorts of commitments. Um, so I think if anybody is struggling with anything like that or they feel that they just need some advice, that we'd always, you know, we could, there's lots of avenues of support for those people. So we'd always encourage them to talk to student wellbeing. They can access drop-in, you know, come through drop-in. Um, depending on what it is, obviously you mentioned the advice service mm -hmm. earlier. So if you've got some queries around... Um, finances or anything like that um, and what you're entitled to as well so they can yeah. sort of look at your situation and look at maybe what if, if there's any benefits welfare and um, things that they're entitled to as well yeah and um, you know personal tutors as well that's you know part of their role is, is to support students in that way and obviously we work closely with with academic members of staff so um, you know if they've identified somebody who needs a bit of support then that that works really well as well and I just think yeah I just think generally students with any kind of caring, caring commitment are just amazing. Mm, <laughs> just yeah, think definitely. it must be. Whenever I talk to anybody like that, I just think it's such, it's just, yeah, it's really incredible that, yeah. that, that what, what they do and, and how they do it, I think is amazing. You know, I enjoy sitting down and doing nothing of an evening and, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and sometimes I think, oh, it'd be nice, wouldn't it, to do some more study? And yeah. I think, crikey, I don't think I could. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think it's, it, it's amazing, but also if you're, if you are finding things more difficult, then you must, you know, must reach out and ask for, for help and support because there's stuff there. And actually, sometimes it's just talking it through with somebody, isn't it? Yeah. Um, just saying, do you know what, I'm finding this really hard and having to, somebody to validate that and say, yeah, do you know what, I'm Even surprised. Even just having a bit of a but, vent, kind yeah, of getting that yeah. out and going, I'm finding this hard, yeah. can make you sometimes feel a little bit better about it, yeah. make it, yeah. make you kind of make sense of it in your head, what you need to do when. Things and like recognising the impact of caring for others on, yeah. you know, on yourself as well, I think you were mm. saying earlier. Um you know, it's a big thing, and if you can recognise that and, and reach out for the appropriate support, then all the better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So in June, we have Carers Awareness Week, which is the 7th to the 13th of June. Carers Week is an annual campaign to raise awareness of caring, highlight the challenges unpaid carers face, and recognise the contribution they make to families and communities throughout the UK. It also helps people who don't think of themselves as having caring responsibilities to identify as carers and access much needed support. So with that in mind, our lovely Danielle is now going to be um, in introducing our wellbeing advisor, Beck, who looks after our carers within the university. Hi Beck, thanks for joining me for this Q&A as part of Wellbeing World. This month's um, theme is being kind and caring. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your role is? Hi Danielle. Um, so my, I am an advisor, um, I'm a wellbeing advisor uh, and I support a, a groups of students that potentially find it difficult to access support or, or even university. Um, and one of those groups of students is those that identify as carers, so students that have caring responsibilities. So, Beck, can you tell me what makes someone a carer? How can someone identify as having caring responsibilities? So, it's lots of little things, really, that you might not think makes you a carer. So, it could be things like doing someone shopping, um, helping pay bills, helping collect medication, emotional support as well. Um, lots of di different things like that. Some people find it hard to realise that they might be a carer. So, what I would suggest is it would be helpful to come and speak to us at Student Wellbeing, and then we can look further at support. 
Yeah, I think that's really good to point out that someone might not realise, especially if they've been doing it for a long time, they probably think, yeah, I'm just, like, this is just usual for me. Absolutely, and not realise yeah. they get extra support. Cool. Um, could you just chat a bit about then, in general, what support's available at uni um, for carers? So once a student comes to Student Wellbeing, um, we can talk about the support that is available. We work alongside Carers First. Now, they are a charity that work with carers within Lincolnshire. So it doesn't matter if the student cares for someone who's not in Lincoln, as long as they're a University of Lincoln student, they can access that support. What would happen is once a month they come onto campus um, or they have a phone call with you to talk about your day-to-day activities, how it is that you help someone and look after someone. They would then write up a report and see if there's any support that they can provide for you and for the person that you're caring for. That can be ongoing support um, through them, it might look at financial support, but it also opens up the window to academic support here at university. So once we've had that report from Carers First, we can create a PASS plan, which is a personalised academic study support plan. Now, usually students with disabilities or medical conditions can have access to this support. However, as a carer, we understand it affects your study as well. So we can create this PASS plan to let your tutors know of any support that you require whilst you're studying. Great. Lots of support then available. Is there anything in terms of financial support that you're aware of? So all students can access financial support through the advice team. So I'd always advise speaking to them in the first instance. There might be some additional support on offer to do with um, the person you're caring for, financial situation, your financial situation. It's always worth asking if you are struggling with money um, to speak to the advice team. So, Beck, I believe as well that student wellbeing um, have an award of some kind. Are you right to just kind of say a bit about what that is? Yeah, we've been awarded the Carers Quality Mark, um, which is an award from the charity Everyone, who support, also support carers in Lincolnshire. Um, it's a great achievement for the university um, as it shows the commitment and dedication that we have to supporting carers. Um, and this was awarded in 2019 and we've been re-awarded this in December 2020 and we hope to keep it up every year. That's great. Something to really show, like you said, the dedication that we have towards carers. That's great. Thanks, Beck. Um, I think you've given a lot of hopefully useful information for any students who listen, who perhaps are carers or want to find out, you know, if they do have caring responsibilities. Um, It's been really helpful. Um, If following this Q&A, you want to get in touch with Student Wellbeing, we have our drop-in. You can email us at studentwellbeing at lincoln.ac.uk. Thanks, Beck. Um, I think now is a good time to, we've obviously spoken a lot about looking after others and we have sort of briefly mentioned looking after yourself, but I think we need to recognise that we do sometimes need to put boundaries in place um, to be able to take it, you know, look after others. We do need to take care of ourselves and our own needs. Um, and once we're fulfilled, I think we're in a much better position to be there for others uh, who we care about. So looking after ourselves then, what sort of things do you think we should be recommending to students? We always talk about, um, I suppose it does still, you know, still relevant for when you're caring for others, about make, you know, planning time in for yourself mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. 
you know, we talk about planning to free up time, which sounds a bit daft, doesn't it? But it's, you know, it is about, you can get caught up, can't you, in the business of life, the business of study, and potentially, like we're talking about, the business of just caring for others. If you've got those caring responsibilities, it's easy just to get caught up in constantly doing those things and, and not doing anything for yourself. So making sure that somehow, however it works for you, that you're planning in that time for yourself. And then mm. what you do with that time is obviously going to be really personal to you, isn't it? So I don't know... Um, you know what I don't know what you guys do to I mean I literally do nothing I think I just sit down <laughs> that for me is my self-care is yeah. doing nothing and I was thinking about it the other day and I think it's about um you know not just having that really busy mind mm-hmm. because during the day I'm always thinking about what's happening next so mm-hmm. um you know in your work life and then okay I've got to get pick the kids up and then go home and then we've got mm-hmm. swimming or we've got gym or we've got to do this um so then once you get to the end of the day it's just kind of okay I'm just sitting and this is all I have to do I don't have to do anything else mm-hmm. and I love that it's um, like practicing mindfulness, isn't yeah. it? Actually living in that moment of yeah. just... Yeah, I mean, I am watching telly, but I, still, <laughs> for yeah. me, that's still fine. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say a lot of the time, actually, for me, to have a bit of me time and to have a bit of self-care is around just having a cup of tea and just sitting and not really doing anything, kind yeah. of just letting your mind be still and letting yourself kind of process everything, but, it, you know, while kind of keeping it positive and thinking, you know, what do I need to make myself feel better? But a lot of it, it's just kind of giving yourself actually time of... Just yeah. breathe out and let yeah. the day go, I think. And we're in a job where we listen to other people's problems, whether that's disabilities, mental health, mm. um, you know, them worrying about other people. So we take on a lot and we don't actually think, probably recognise how much we take on. So it's about always drawing those lines, you know, not taking that home with you and yeah. setting those realistic boundaries with your friends. So if they're always leaning on you, I think it's really important to be like, actually... Mm. you know we we do need to set boundaries here and not allow you to lean on me too much and like we've said previously passing them to the right services to actually who are trained um to do that so you know passes to us at student well-being but i think you know even as us it's important to go home and then take time for ourselves in order to do that i think you've got to be really um you know strong in understanding yourself and Mm -hmm. what's right for you and having that confidence to say do you know what actually this is a bit too much for me. Yeah. I'm gonna try and get you some. You know, let's let's work together to get you some help um, from somewhere else. And that takes quite a lot from someone. And maybe sometimes services such as ours can help somebody do that and recognise in themselves when when it you know too much is too much. Really. Yeah, I suppose it's recognising when it's starting to impact on you. So it's when you're taking that on so much that it's beginning to impact on your mental health or your physical health because you're worrying so much or you know you're trying to support them every minute of every day. It's kind of recognising when you know you need to focus on your own mental health and a lot of the time it's about kind of taking that step back and going this is impacting me now I need to you know support myself and why don't you access some of these different services for supporting you so it's kind of not ignoring the impact that that's having on you physically or mentally. You mentioned the self-care guide earlier didn't you so that's something you know if you're not somebody who's particularly familiar with self-care and maybe it's not something you've done before or perhaps there are things that you're doing but you don't realize um you know something like self-care self-care guide can be really helpful it's got a checklist as well so you can actually sort of if you think right today i'm gonna have a day of self-care you can tick things off as you do them the sense of achievement isn't there and i think you can physically see what you've done which is great which is really nice and also you can probably pass that on to your friend to get Mm. them to take some responsibility and you know self-care for you know themselves as well um i think it's important not to ignore your own health yeah. so like you said verity yeah. when it's 
start to get too much reaching out as well if you need the support not only for your friend but for yourself yeah that's that's true I think a lot of the and a lot of what we've talked about today is kind of um signposting our service and other services to your friend but actually it's you recognizing if you need to access that Mm. service so whether you need to have a drop-in to kind of have a bit of a vent or to say you know this is what I've been doing is there anything else I can do or is there anything you guys can do so it's it's not always for support for them some a lot of the time it's support for you alongside that yeah definitely and I think student minds and student life have some really good resources as well Um, I know student life um have some fantastic videos and i think we have spoken mm. about them quite a lot on previous podcasts but yeah, we've talked about the app haven't we yeah. student life app and that's so it's just an easy way to get really easy to them. Yeah. yeah and especially for students i mean it's students live well at this day and age everyone lives on their phone yeah don't they? so to have that so accessible i think it's really um positive and they do have some really good videos on there about look you know looking yeah. after others and what it's like in that dynamic of being a student and in particular the last year everyone struggled with lockdown you've all mm. been trapped in one place um as we all have at home and so those emotions are heightened so it's really important to sort of you know reach out to those resources and support available as we come towards the end of the podcast we always like to do a tip that we would like to give students um from the podcast so thinking around caring for others caring for ourselves so megan do you want to leave us with your tip yes my tip is going to be sticking with the random acts of kindness so i think you know incorporate that into your daily weekly monthly life whatever mm-hmm. it is um as much as you can because we've talked about these you know how easy it is to do those and talked about holding a door open for someone or giving someone a compliment mm-hmm. um we've talked about i think the the five ways to well-being before and one of those is about giving so that links really well i think with those random acts of kindness and it's a, a nice easy way to um you know to lift your spirits a little bit i think my tip would be about caring others and it's something that I know has been spoken across the country recently about asking twice so if you are worried about someone you know asking are you okay when they say yeah you you know (laughs) ask again well how are you really are you Mm. really okay you know asking again to just give them that opportunity actually this person really does because when we speak to people the first thing we say is hi you're all right yeah thanks you yeah Yeah. Yeah. are you actually you're not actually (laughs) asking are you so I think you know to give someone that chance where oh this person's actually asked me again if Mm. I'm okay maybe it'd be a safe place for me to open up about how I'm really feeling and it can mean so much to someone I think to give them that that time and to make them think, oh, actually, this person's really listening to me mm. and they do actually care if I'm okay or not. Yeah. Um, and it might be the first time that they've opened up. So, yeah, that would definitely be my tip for students. Yeah, my tip for caring for yourself would be around um, kind of treating yourself with the same kindness that you do with your friends. So, obviously, with your friends, you might say, how are you? How are you really? Like, you just said, mm-hmm. Hayley, but actually, it's doing that to yourself as well. So, taking that time to think, actually, how am I doing? And kind of speaking to yourself with kindness and thinking if I was speaking to my friends like this, would they be thinking, oh, that's that's not right, or that's a bit mm-hmm. off, and kind of speaking to yourself and thinking about yourself positively and kind of taking that forward as making yourself feel better and caring for yourself. So that's it for this month's Wellbeing World podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Lincoln Student Wellbeing Centre. Thank you to both Verity and Megan for joining me to discuss looking after others, and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye.